0: good morning morning. we are so glad that you could worship at central church today we're so glad that you online could join us as well this summer we're discovering jesus in the gospel according to john we're using these journals and and it's very interesting so we're up to john chapter 12 that's where we're going to be camped out today and it begins this way in john chapter 12 verse 20 now there were some greeks among them who went up to worship at the festival And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. And Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Now you understand, Philip and Andrew, they are mentioned two other times before this account in chapter 12. The first time that they are mentioned is in John chapter 1. And in John chapter 1, Andrew discovers Jesus, and as soon as he does, this is what the Bible says. The first thing that Andrew did was find his brother Simon. Tell him, we have found the Messiah that is the Christ. And just like that, just a few verses down, Philip finds out about Jesus. And the first thing he does is, in verse, it says in verse uh, 45, we have found, he went to Nathanael, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And then Nathanael's famous line, Nazareth, ah! Can anything good come from there? And Philip's great answer, I'll well, come and see. So that's the first place we're introduced. Philip and Andrew, what are they doing? They're introducing people to Jesus. The next time we see Philip and Andrew is in John chapter 6. What happens in John chapter 6? That's when Jesus feeds the 5,000. Jesus looks at Philip. Hey, we got to feed all these people. And Philip's like, Jesus, there's no way we can feed all these people. And then Andrew steps up and says, hey, Jesus, I found this kid. He's got a Scooby-Doo lunch pail, and he's got inside our two little fishies and five loaves of bread. What do you think you can do with that? That's just my translation. I don't know that there was a Scooby-Doo lunch pail, but you know what I mean. So in both cases, the beginning of Jesus' ministry, they're introducing people to Jesus. In the middle of Jesus' ministry, Philip and Andrew introducing people, the little boy, to Jesus. And here at the end, these Greeks, we don't know anything about these guys. We don't know who they were, what their names were, how many of them, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know, probably went to Philip because Philip was probably also Greek. And Philip then turned to, to Andrew and said, hey, Andrew, these guys, they want to see Jesus. And so then Philip and Andrew together went to Jesus. I want to be like those guys. I want to be like Philip and Andrew. Amen. I, want to, I want to be known. Their MO, right, It's introducing people to Jesus. That's, I want to be like that. I want to be known as if somebody that introduces people to Jesus. I don't have the answers. I don't know all the troubles, but I know somebody who does. His name is Jesus. Can't we be like Philip and Andrew? But then we get to what these guys say. Do you hear what they said? Sir, we want to see Jesus. Honestly, I, I, we could stop the sermon right there. Can I tell you, I want to see Jesus. That's why I'm here today. I didn't, I didn't come today. To uh, talk about the weather, I didn't come today to talk about the Detroit Tigers. Can you believe they lost ten to nothing to Cleveland yesterday? <sighs> I'm done talking about the Tigers. I didn't come today to you know hear about your camping trips or what you're doing this summer or what the grandkids are doing. No, I came because I want to see Jesus. If you're at home. I hope you want to see Jesus. Nothing, I, I, even the music, music is great. That's great, wonderful. I didn't come to hear the music. Preaching, preaching, you know, you'll decide. I'll get the emails to know how you decided. I get that. <laughs> none of those things. What, we are here, what we need to be here for. We need to see Jesus. Amen. That's what this is all about. Encountering a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. These guys, they had it. Sir, we want to see Jesus. And if we just ended it right here. And if that's all you got out of it, then that's all I want you to get out of it. We need to see Jesus. What our world needs, they need to see Jesus. What everyone, they need to see, these guys got it. Now, what's interesting, okay, so I'm telling you, this is the coronation address. One of my favorite preachers, a guy by the name of Dennis Kinlaw, he was, in fact, he's the best preacher I've ever heard. He's president of Asbury Theological Seminary. He's, he's in heaven now. But he said this next passage, what Jesus says to these guys and these people is the most profound passage of Scripture in the Bible. Huh? Are you kidding me? More profound than John 3.16, more profound than, you know, uh, he's not here. He's alive. More profound than any of that. That's what Dennis Kinlaw says. What happens next is the most profound passage of Scripture. Jesus just dives right into it. And this is what he says. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He's saying, it's go time, boys. Every, everything up till now. These first 11 chapters. <laughs> The hour has come. Now, now they're all expecting. Jesus just read in. Remember? Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're thinking the Messiah, he's coming in, inlaid golden, you know, a throne or something like that. Romans kicked out, Jesus sitting on the throne. Hooray! Is that what Jesus was meaning? Jesus knew that the hour that he is to be glorified meant one thing, one thing only that big cross. We know that because he even said it earlier in John chapter 3 when he's having that conversation with Nicodemus. Jesus says this, just as Moses was lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes on him might have eternal life. He's talking about the cross. It's not accolades, it's not praises, it's not anything like that. In fact, it's the last place, the exact last place you'd expect the Messiah to be. No, messiahs are strong, messiahs are kicking the Romans out, messiahs are leading the way. No, Jesus said, no, it's it's a cross. It's gonna be a cross. We know that's what he meant because he says this in verse 24, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Here's, here it is. Are you ready for this? <sighs> Even God himself cannot act redemptively without self-sacrifice. Let me say that again, because this is, this is really important. This is what we Christians have believed for 2,000 years, and so you've got to get this. Even God himself Cannot act redemptively, cannot bring salvation Without self-sacrifice That's what we believe, that's what we've taught that's what, Wait a minute, God, God is God God can do anything God is all-powerful, God is almighty Yeah, I, yeah. God is almighty God is all-powerful, all of that is true And this is a stumbling block. It's a stumbling block. It's a stumbling block for our Muslim brothers and sisters because they don't get how God himself would die. No way would God die. But that's what we believe. In fact, in, in, in 2 Corinthians, Paul put it this way. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. We have freedom. We have hope because Jesus went to the cross. What happened on the cross was Jesus self sacrifice redemption comes because Jesus shed his blood his self sacrifice on the cross that kernel fell to the ground and died Amen. but because he did but 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 because he did we can have life that's the point that's the whole deal Paul in Romans said, You know, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The, The reason is because Jesus went to the wheat kernel, fell to the ground, and died. Self sacrifice. Power, God is all powerful, but power does not save. Self sacrifice. But here's the tricky part. Do you, remember, do you remember what Jesus said to Peter and Andrew when he called them to be the disciples? Do you remember what he said to James and John, Matthew? In fact, he said it to a few others who said things, but no thanks. Do you remember what he said? He said this, follow me. He didn't say worship me. He didn't say obey me. He said follow me. You played follow the leader, you know how it works. You do what the leader does. You you, you say what the leader says. You think what the the leader thinks. You go where the leader goes. You do what the leader does. That's what Jesus said. Follow me. Well, what did Jesus do? Self-sacrifice. See, that's where it gets tricky. Our leader... Our leader went to the cross. He gave up the majesty, the glory, the, the wonder of heaven for what? The squalor of earth, the the the, the, the condemnation of men to be nailed to a Roman cross. That's what the Messiah did. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies. The way of Jesus is the way of sacrifice. It's being a servant even to a servant on the cross. This is why Kinloch could say that this is the most profound passage of scripture. Colonel falls to the ground. It dies, it loses its identity, we could say. The old is gone, but as it's gone, it produces many seeds. That means what is gained, new life, new hope, new, 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 new purpose, new fruitfulness. When you, look, when you look at an apple tree, you don't say, oh, wow, look at that seed. Why, it's really grown up. You don't say that. You say, oh, look at that apple tree. Look at all the apples. Look at the wonderful things it's produced. That's what, that's what Jesus is, is accomplishing in the cross through us, you see. The seed died, fell to the ground, changed its identity, no longer a seed, now a tree, growing, producing, making. That's what Jesus did. This was so difficult for the listeners, because the messiah doesn't do that messiah doesn't die Messiah doesn't go to the cross messiah chases the romans out that's what messiahs do what did jesus say remember john john he was uh, quoting zechariah and he and jesus followed exactly what the prophet said zechariah said and john quotes do not be afraid daughter of zion so your king is coming on a donkey's colt so jesus rides into town on a donkey And people are scratching their head, they really don't understand that, even though they should have understood it because the prophet said it. Because they're expecting the Messiah to come in on a war horse. That's how Messiah's come in. They come, on, they come in on a horse. They chase the Romans out. And when, when, when the Egyptians were in the Pharaoh, he, he rode on a, on a train of horses. And when the Babylonian emperor came through Jerusalem, he rode on a royal horse. And when the, the Roman general came marching through Jerusalem, he was on a military trained horse. Yeah, war horse. Power, might. But how did Jesus come in? On a donkey. Humble, servant, not power and might. And the thing is, he calls us. He calls us to be that same. If we're playing follow the leader, if this is a follow the leader game, and it's not a game, but that's what we're doing. What did Matthew said? Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew 20, verse 28? He said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The example that Jesus gives us is one of servanthood, it's one of self sacrifice. Listen, no self centered life can be fruitful in the kingdom of God. No life is fruitful until it relinquishes its rights its will its desires and gives them over to god almighty unless the colonel falls to the ground and dies unless we we relinquish our hopes and dreams and and future and place them it's a better way it's the better place it's the best place to be anyway but we hold so tight to that If we want to bear fruit, if we want to make a difference in this world for the kingdom of God, then we need to come to an end of ourselves and humble ourselves. Do you remember what Jesus said? I wrote it on a sheet of paper and I put it in here. Here it is. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Jesus went to the cross and he's saying, listen, if you're gonna follow me, guess what? Guess where it leads? It's, this is hard. Because we're talking about being at a place of vulnerability, opening ourselves up to rejection. It's not easy, this way of Jesus. Remember, the, the parade had finished. The hosannas had died down. The cross is looming. And what does Jesus say in verse 25? Anyone who loves their life will lose it, Well, anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. He's not saying... To, to, this isn't some you know self-loathing. Uh, he's not saying you've got to be like Eeyore. Oh, my life is awful. That's not what he's saying. He's say, saying we need to get to the spot. If you're going to be a servant, you're going to follow after him. You're going to get to the spot where your desires match up with his desires and you don't care about your desires anymore because you want to match up with his desires more than anything that you could ever desire. You want to be where Jesus is. You want to do what Jesus does. You want to respond as Jesus responds. That's what he's talking about here. That's what his servants do. He goes on in verse 26 to say, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will also be. Well, you're getting to a cross. That's what you've just said my father will honor those who serve me it means leaving behind ourselves it means becoming like a servant if we really want to be like jesus that's what we're talking about then we become a servant do you remember what paul said in philippians chapter 2 the the great kenosis passage it says you must have the same mindset as christ jesus who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Unless a colonel falls to the ground and dies. It's the way of Jesus. It's the It's giving up our rights giving up our demands and trusting fully trusting that he's going to be there with us it's waving the white flag and saying lord i surrender all to you that's what we're talking about here there's a story in greek mythology where hermes and zeus came to earth dressed up as as slaves uh, because they wanted to see how uh, human beings were paying homage to the gods So they dressed up, and when they got all the knowledge that they wanted to have, they threw off their clothes and said, aha, we're not slaves. We're really Zeus and Hermes, you know, with all their Olympic splendor. They disguised themselves as people, but they really weren't. It was just a disguise. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus became one of us. He came in the form of a servant, not to disguise who God is, but to reveal who God is there's a big difference you want to know how God how God is you want to know what God thinks you want to know how God responds you want to know what what God would do look to Jesus he doesn't disguise who God is he reveals he he didn't become a servant in spite of being God he became a servant precisely because he was God does that make sense the Bible tells us over and over again that we are to follow after Jesus, that we are to be like Jesus, and being like Jesus means being a servant. That's what we're saying here. That's what Jesus is saying here. Is it easy, but it's the way of Jesus. It's the way of the cross. One of my favorite stories regarding this is a lady, a sales lady who was at Nordstrom's and a homeless person came into the store Now, you know Nordstrom's. It's kind of uppity, Nordstrom's. I never find anything. You know, it's always too pricey. Well, this homeless person came into the store. Not Nordstrom's rack. Nordstrom's Nordstrom. And normally, you know, maybe a security guard would escort this lady out. But the security guard didn't see her. And she came into the ladies' clothing department. And the sales lady saw her. And she went right up to that homeless person. And she said, may I help you, Madam? And the lady goes, yeah, I want to buy a dress. And the sales lady said, well, we have plenty of dresses. Let's see which one would work out best for you. And she took the next 15, 20 minutes finding dresses that would, you know, match her eye color, her complexion. And she said, I'll be happy. Why don't you go try these on? So the homeless lady, dirty and she can be, she went back into the dressing room and she took some time and she came out and she declared, I don't wanna buy any of these dresses. And the lady said, that's okay. I'm so glad you shopped at Nordstrom's today. And she handed her a card and she said, if you ever come back, please ask for me because I'll be happy to serve you again. Can I tell you what? If Jesus was a salesman at Nordstrom's, he'd be just like that lady. It's, it's looking out for the least of these. It's offering a cup of cool water. It's following the way, the path of Jesus, the way to the cross. It's being a servant. That's what he's saying. It's relinquishing our rights, our demands, our desires, and saying, no, Jesus, more than anything else, I want what you want. And when I want what you want, that's the best place I could possibly be. But this way is not easy, it's the way of Jesus. It's the way, if you haven't caught on yet, this is the way of holiness. You want to know what holiness is? It looks a lot like Jesus. It's saying, I want to be like Jesus. I want to surrender my will to his will. I want to be his, completely his. I don't need the things that I think I need. Life is not about, uh, 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 all the accolades, life is not about getting likes on Instagram or followers in TikTok or friends in Facebook. It's about serving Jesus. Jesus pointed it out in that passage. He said, you know, many people are being like secret followers of Jesus. And in 43, he says, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. He said, I want just the praise of God. It's what we said earlier, I just wanna see Jesus. That's what this is about. It's holy living. It's following after Jesus. But it's not easy. It's sometimes difficult, it's, it's loving that neighbor that throws trash in your yard. It's speaking kindly to that vulgar coworker who every other word is a curse word. It's, it's going up to the loner at school and caring for him even though others mock him and ridicule him behind his back. It's loving unconditionally, it's giving generously, it's speaking boldly, it's saying, I'm follower of Jesus. It's a fire in your bones that you can't shake. It's saying, I'm his, I'm totally his, I'm 100% his. Everything I have is his, everything I hope to be is him. That's what it is all about. It's Jesus, Jesus, only Jesus. I'm so glad that the gospels, though, put in the, the Garden of Gethsemane. John doesn't include it the way Matthew, Mark, and Luke do. Remember, Matthew, Mark, and Luke have Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, I mean, he's agonizing over this. He knows. What's what's this leading to? It's leading to a cross. And it it shows his full humanity because he does not want it. He knows the pain that he's going to endure and the ridicule and the rejection that's on his way. And 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 the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they say he was sweating drops of blood. He is agonizing. I'm glad I put that in there because it's not easy. It's not easy the way of Jesus. I I am not lowering the bar this morning, I am raising the bar. It's saying, be like Jesus. Well, being like Jesus sometimes means going to a cross. Being like Jesus means I'm giving up my rights for his rights. And it's not always easy. And in John, this is the way John tells it. In John verse 12, 27, Jesus says this, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, 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 a thousand times no. It is for this very reason I came to this hour. And then his 4 prayer. Father, glorify your name. Yes. And the only place in John's gospel that the audible voice of God is heard comes next. In Matthew and Mark, when Jesus is baptized, the audible voice of God is heard. This is my son. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the audible voice of God is heard at the Mount of Transfiguration. This is my son, listen to him. But in the Gospel of John, this is it the only place. Jesus says, Father, glorify your name. And the audible voice of God, people thought it was thunder, but it wasn't thunder. It was God's voice says, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. In other words, he's saying, I approve of what's happening here. I know what's coming, and I know you're troubled, and I am with you. You're going to the cross. It's self-sacrifice. It's what we're all about. We're going to the cross for all these people, the Jews and Gentiles, everyone around. That's why these Greeks are here. The Jews and Gentiles. It's not just for good Jewish people who follow the law. It's for everybody. So Jesus then explains what's going on, and he says in verse 30, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now, the prince of this old world, that stinking Satan, will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from this earth, will draw all people, you Gentiles, you Greeks, who are here too, you people, everybody, to my self glory. all people to himself, the name of the Lord, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, that's the point, when that kernel falls to the ground and dies, that's when it becomes fruitful, that's the whole purpose, and the deal is Jesus calls us to do the same, to give up ourselves, our rights, we, it's saying, Lord, whatever, wherever this road leads, Whatever you want from me, that's what I want. It's the road of Jesus. It's the road of holiness. It's the road of self, self sacrifice. It's the role of servanthood. It's saying, I want to be where Jesus wants me to be. My talents, my gifts, my abilities are yours. What if we just acted more like Jesus? What if we were more servanthood? What if we gave up our rights and what if we said, you know, it's not about me, it's all about him. And what if, we, what if we decided that we were going to love people and care for people and reach out to people and let Jesus worry about all the rest? Couldn't we do that? And when we did that, imagine what could happen.